2: This is a crowd podcast. For me, the best heavyweight in the world right now. Hellenius is not a cabbage. Can he give Joshua three, four, five good rounds?
0: So you didn't have any run-ins with Hellenius that night? He's a Brit and there's a bit of needle there and he's going to want to have a bit of spite and venom. Hellenius is not fit for purpose as a late replacement. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club.
2: Hello, Declan. Taylor. Hello, George Groves. How are you? We're back. Episode two of the week, Tuesday. Episode two of the saga. Yeah, day two of the saga. So, saw you Sunday night for a Monday release. Dillian White fails a drug test and he's out. The fight is cancelled, but they're looking for a new opponent. We were taking literally stabs in the dark. As my room got dark, I had to put the light on so you could see me. Uh, Who the opponent could possibly be and they've arrived at hellenius now you being a boxing connoisseur who knows everything gets whispers through the grapevine even you didn't mention his name
0: we didn't hear about Robert hellenius the first I heard of it and shout out Chris McKenna he um he was the first with the news on Monday about hellenius being in the running do you know the reason why he didn't because he's he, he fits the bill for this sort of situation but he boxed at the weekend. He literally knocked someone out in 3 rounds at the Opera Stage, Olavin Lina Savon Lina in his native Finland. He's obviously the Nordic nightmare Robert Helenius. Um been around the block a bit. But he boxed at the weekend and so now he's like cool, I'll box in the old Opera Stage and then I'll come to um I'll come to the O2 a week later. So he wasn't on anyone's radar. Well, I mean, he was on Eddie Hearn's matchroom's radar, but He's available, I dare say he's cheap, and then he comes.
2: Because I remember Hellenius, there was a bit of hype about him
0: at some point. He's got a win over Brewster, I think. That was 2010, and then he also boxed um, and beat Samuel Peter back then. So we're talking, he's got like an arm and a foot back in the old days.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, we're going back 12 years ago. He's got a split win over Chisora, but Chisora was hard done by that night. And since then, lots of fights in Finland... He's come to Cardiff to fight White, um, gets UD'd, and even that fight was five and a half years ago. So He's 39 years old. 39. Heavyweight's live forever, Deck. I'm looking forward to talking. We've got fun time Frankie Smith. We, we're hoping to get him on here now to get the lowdown on how we arrived at-
0: The matchroom CEO. Yes,
2: arrived at, and friends of the show, uh, Elite Club member, Frank on to talk to us about how we got to
0: Hellenius it was a crisis wasn't it because at this point on Saturday when we hear the test came through and they heard about it they pulled the whole fight and then it's like they've got a few options on the table one of them is cancel the whole thing another one is keep going but without Joshua on the card and just do an undercard sort of card third one is try and find an opponent that is relatively plausible but I think what's in their favour matchroom here is none of this is their fault this is because of a an adverse analytical finding in Dylan White's test. So their hands are sort of clean. They're just trying to do what they can. It's off pay-per-view now because the White fight was a pay-per-view on DAZN. Now this is standard DAZN. Because they're
2: heavyweights, Joshua V White for no belt can be a pay-per-view. Probably any other division that's not a pay-per-view fight, even though it's it's an expensive fight. If it was Joshua Klitschko for the belts and Klitschko pulls out a fight week, you're gonna have to get a big name to keep it pay-per-view because that's what it is. But this was it's one of them fights where it's pay-per-view and we'll pay for it. Probably wouldn't have, you know, done mega mega numbers, not Joshua's biggest numbers before. And then you're thinking, right, well, who who are the opponents who can carry a pay-per-view show with Joshua? Probably only your man, Derek Chisora. And if it's not Chazora, then we go back to subscription base, uh, sort of the the normal. The zone subscribers can watch it without having to pay any more money. Maybe it's who's the most sensible, who's the cheapest,
0: who's the least dangerous. Risk-reward. What is very important is the whole card goes ahead. So everyone who's preparing on the undercard is boxing, one of which is our guest for tomorrow, Campbell Hatton. And also, George, you know, added a late addition to the card. Who, Deck. It's not me. I'm not... F- no, you, you missed a cut. But Brandon Scott... Yes! baddest nerd on the planet Brandon Scott baddest nerd on the planet yeah so congrats to him we're looking forward to that looking forward to the ring walk as well which he told us he had something special planned we'll see about that Um, let's just quickly run through the rest of the card you've got Philip Hergovich against Dempsey McKean so there was chat that maybe Philip Hergovich should step in Um, we'll find out why that didn't happen probably too risky and he's probably too expensive at this point Chisora still boxes Gerald Washington Johnny Fisher boxes uh, Harry Armstrong another elite club member they're all over the shop on here george lidard who is one of greg Meehan's clients he's on there as is maisie rose courtney who also works with greg and of course big baddest nerd on the planet brandon scott so the whole thing goes ahead george what's your initial feeling when you heard it was helenius was it a sinking feeling or was it okay yeah it's okay let's get cracking i want to see
2: what improvements joshua has made the big question mark is can helenius Even, you know, he got blown away in a round by Wilder. You know, can he give Joshua three, four, five good rounds? Who knows? Joshua might be off his game. He might not be firing all cylinders. He's had this change of opponent, all this drama as always. But, and
0: Helenius, he boxed last week. So I'm not sure how tired he's feeling. He might be feeling great. Pressure all of a sudden has just piled onto Joshua because Wilder's done him in a round. so And he said he was done at that point. So it looks like this is a a spent force, certainly past his peak, Hellenius. All our eyes are on Joshua. It's like, well, you better do the same if you're supposed to be boxing Wilder next. Obviously, Joshua wasn't at his best and and at his dangerous worst against Jermaine Franklin in his last fight. So yeah, pressure's bang on him here because it's like you've had a touch here because Dylan White who you're supposed to be fighting it was more of a close fight, even though I picked Joshua to win that fight, but it was a closer one. And now all of a sudden you've got this late replacement who everyone is expecting you to walk through. And if it doesn't come early, Hellenius knows, his way, knows what to do. He knows how to look after himself. If he can get through those early few, he might just make it tricky. You never know. And the last thing that anyone needs is like a 12 round fiddle fest
2: there was there was a lot lacking in Joshua's last fight with with Franklin like there was no urgency there was no seek and destroy no doubt he's been preparing for Gillian White knowing that he's a Brit and there's a bit of needle there and he's gonna want to have a bit of spite and venom I don't think he'll just be super like the total opposite of that because that fight's not there no more he might just be the same if not more so sort of Spiteful. He might be taking a massive pay cut. Joshua, like, you're on a pay-per-view profit here, which we're expecting X, and now it's not pay-per-view. We can't ask the zone to sort of make up the numbers, so you're probably going to have to take a pay cut here. Pff, that put me in a bad
0: mood deck. And let's not forget as well, he's already had two fights in his career w- w- which have been late standings. The first one was when he boxed Carlos Takam. He did stop Tacam in the 10th of that fight, but he got a broken nose. He wasn't at his best. It was not ideal, those circumstances. And then, of course, Jerrell Miller pissed hot, just like Dylan White allegedly has this time. And the stand-in was Andy Ruiz. So Joshua's got form of not having his best night with a with a late replacement. So he wants to shake all that off, and do the business. People talk about the old Joshua and the old Killer Instinct Joshua. When you really think about it, we haven't really seen that. We saw a flash of it against Kubrat Pulev when he eventually did box him and stop him in nine. Um, but that was, a, that was a tough fight. He almost had him out of there in the third, but it went on a bit. But we haven't really seen that since he boxed Alexander Povetkin, who had a great finish at Wembley Stadium. And that was 2018. Next month, that's going to be five years since that fight. Since then, he boxed Andy Ruiz twice. Of course, the second one when he won, he was on his on his bike and boxed really well, not a wrecking ball. He had the Kapulev fight, which is a good stoppage in the ninth. And then he had the two against Alexander Usyk. We know what happened there, both defeats. And then he had the 12 rounds against Jermaine Franklin. So we're harking back five years really since that finish against um Povetkin so we need to see a bit more of that a bit of the old Joshua sprinkled in and then people will get excited about the potential wilder fight if he doesn't look great here you know he's going to go into that wilder fight if it happens as the big big underdog
2: just to break down those opponents as well quickly like so the rematch against Ruiz will sort of win at all costs you know I mean don't worry about looking good you just got to win so that sort of falls by the wayside Pulevier you expect more, you're back champion. You've had that blip. You've done well. Apparently, you've more money losing than you would have winning. So you've gone to Saudi. Well done. Here we go. Both Usyk fights, are sort of, he gets beat. So, not because he ain't he ain't showed up. You know, he was in better form for the second fight and he still got beat. So, obviously, Usyk, for me, the best heavyweight in the world right now. Franklin, not great, but you're coming back after two losses. So, now there's
0: more spice. Actually, George, um, we've also had a few questions in from um, listeners from... Thanks everyone for getting in touch. Uh, sweet puggleism. What's the process of accepting last minute opponents? Is it a list given to the fighter slash trainer slash management to choose from? Has George had any run-ins with helenius I'm pretty sure they fought on the same card when helenius fought Sprott. Uh, first one, we'll save that for Frank, shall we? And did you have a run-in with Hellenius? Did you? Oh, that was the G-Tech arena in Mag- Magdeburg. Magdeburg. No, I think I think I came to watch. You boxed Baker
2: Barracat. I did. <laughs>
0: sweet puggleism. He's come he through knows with
2: everything. I mean, yeah, I can remember that as Clear as day. So I went to Germany a couple of times, sometimes to box, sometimes to just um, watch. So you didn't have any run-ins with Hellenius that night? No, I didn't notice him. But he was obviously 18 and 0 at the time. I think he weighed in about 239
0: and a half pounds. I'll have to check box rec, yeah. We also had one from Simon Miller. He said, how much will last week have taken out of him as a heavyweight? No weight cut should help. So is it just like a tough sparring session to recover from? I think he means Hellenius boxing at the weekend. It's a good question, yeah. I mean, he had this guy was not in his league and he he stopped him in three. So it you could argue it's great preparation. It is just like a spa. My wonder, and this one for you, George, is if you come up, even if you know you're expected to win an eight rounder like that, You still want some downtime at this point, aren't you? So is he really in the right frame of mind to be coming and trying to beat Joshua? That's 10 months out of the ring
2: since, since Wilder. And Wilder was... He's had basically one round. Before last weekend, he had one round in two years. So it's not a lot of boxing. And in that one round, he got flattened. So... Probably done him a good solid to actually go through the, the rigor of the, the change room set up, you know, getting warmed up, doing the ring walk, getting some round banked, getting getting another win, arm
0: raised, against an unbeaten fire. Don't know a lot about Million. Callum Jones has been in touch as well, George. He said, which fight on the undercard are you most looking forward to? I think that's quite obvious, isn't it? Callum Jones. He just wants us to big up a Welshman. Brandon Scott, of course. Or is it Campbell Hatton or are we equally excited about both of them? And Johnny Fisher. And Johnny Fisher.
2: I am looking forward to seeing um, Brandon Scott. You know, he said he's got got two fights on his contract for the rest of the year. I was thinking, I want to see a fight at least six, seven times. But yeah, Johnny Fisher's out again. His first title fight. So... Be the push. Is there a bit of a push? Hergovich. Let's see how how Hergovich is doing. You know, I feel like Hergovich has been around forever. So we've got the prospects through the divisions, sort of the guys who are knocking on the on the door for the big fights, and then we've got
0: gatekeepers and the veterans like Derek Chisora.
2: Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's, it's,
0: it's decent. One more question. Bit of a sticky one. This one. Mark McBurney said he is at insufferable tit. He said, here's a question. Who is going to be the first promoter held to account when they put a fighter in a dangerous position and that fighter gets seriously hurt? This is an absolute shocker and Hearn should be ashamed. So I assume what he means here is Hellenius is not fit for purpose, even as a late replacement.
2: He's a he's, uh, misrepresented uh, Robert Hellenius or Andy Joshua. If they were going to put in like a blown up middleweight who ain't boxing five years, then maybe. But Hellenius boxed last week. He's a fully fledged heavyweight. He's a grown man. He's 39 years of age. He's okay. I thought it was going to be a little bit more along the lines of trying to get fights over the line and fighters fighting after failing tests, which I think Matchum to their credit, has done the right thing right now, just instantly pull it. And I know that's easier said than done, and it's by case
0: by case. I think I think Helene is all right. What do you think, Dick? You know, I don't think that's I don't think it's an unsafe fight. No, the one round demolition by Wilder. And him saying that he's done. That's the one that sticks out. But he's 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 old, he's aging, and they are heavyweights. But the problem is you have to sort of weigh this up, don't you? It's like that's like all boxing. There'll probably be bigger mismatch on the undercard. So I get what he's saying, I get what the insufferable tit is saying, but they didn't have much choice here. Helenius is not a cabbage. I think it's about time we hear from the match from CEO. Frank Smith is he on the phone yet Dex should we get him on yeah of course fun time Frankie Smith Matchroom CEO Elite Club member we did a really interesting episode about money with Frank if you haven't listened to that go and listen to it but we want to get the rundown of the last few days um, and how Matchroom have saved this event he's ready to go let's hear from him So Frank Smith is here, the Matchroom CEO. Let's start with the biggest news. Brandon Scott's on the undercard.
1: That is correct. Get that in there, correct. Brandon. I didn't know we'd announced it because he was supposed to turn up in some 007 outfit or Spider-Man outfit tomorrow at the press conference. So there you go. You broke it. It's all that matters. Tell us, Frank, how the last few days have been for you. Wonderful. I think you, you become so used to it after a while. We've been through so many things now in the sport that it actually really just goes over your head.
2: Don't need everything. So I'm sure it's, you can write a book about what's gone on in the last two days. Hellenius is announced today. How do we arrive at Hellenius and let's work our way backwards?
1: Yeah, so look, as you can imagine, as soon as the news came out on Saturday, so I think it was early, mid-morning, every man and their dog came on with their heavyweights, cruiserweights, bridgeweights, everyone, everyone who had anyone, whether they've had a fight or 50 fights. Obviously, it's easy for people to say, you should have gone with this fight, you should have gone with that. No one's going to be happy with anyone we pick, is, is really the truth. Helanius was someone he fought last Saturday. He'd been training for a long time, he's in good shape and he was sensible as well, which was the key. A lot of people at this point think this is their opportunity to actually take us all to the cleaners, but the reality is, we're just trying to make something work that works for everyone. You know, you got to think AJ's taken a big you know, turn financially. But yeah, look, we had every fighter you can imagine on. And then we just went through the list, really, of who was available, who wanted it, and went from there.
2: The vast majority of fighters priced themselves out of the fight.
1: Yeah, a lot priced themselves out. And then on the other hand as well, you got to think a lot of fighters... You know, like Southpaws, he's been training for Dillian White for 10 weeks. So Southpaws, we can really look at other fighters like people will say Hergovic. Hergovic is mandatory, subject to winning against Dempsey McKean on Saturday for the IBF World title. He's not just going to jump straight in and go, yeah, whatever you, whatever you say, I'll do it. So it's easy for people to have a view without actually the understanding of the background you know, behind
0: it. We heard from David Hay at the weekend as well, I'm sure you saw, and he had said that Derek Tazor had predicted all this and told him that it was going to happen and that he was going to come in and fight Anthony Joshua. Were there any truth in that? And was Derek ever on the table as a, as a viable opponent here?
1: Look, I spoke to Derek a lot over the weekend. The truth is Derek's he's close friend, you know, has been close friends with Anthony for a long time. I'm sure they would fight. He's fought his friends before. Um, but, I think it it was never too likely, is the truth with that. Um, But Derek, you know, would fight anyone. We all know what Derek's like. He will get in there with anyone for a tear-up. But yeah, I think it was always a little bit unlikely on that one.
0: Just one on the process here, because obviously there's been massive parallels or comparisons with the Conor Benz situation. Now, of course, that one went on late into fight week. This one, you just went, we've got the result, pull it straight away. Is that just a change of tact where you've gone... We can't have that again. As soon as someone fails with Varda, we have to pull the fight and worry about it later.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's a, it, it was a complete, it's a completely different situation, time et cetera. But at the same time, we've learned as well. We can't really win because people will say, well, you didn't do it this way for this fight. And it's like, well, we have learned and we've taken steps moving forward and things have changed as well. And, uh, You know, I think we made the right decision. You know, we found out about it very early hours in the morning. Communication came through on Saturday. So by the time people were up and awake and we got the news out within, you know, an hour or two of that. So I think, yeah, we we made the right call. And like I say, we're never going to be judged and told that we've done the right thing. People are just going to compare it. But, yeah, it was very different sort of scenarios there.
2: This is no longer a zone pay-per-view. Is that right, Frankie? Yeah?
1: yeah, correct. It's now on part of the subscription.
2: Was that sort of made instantly or have you got a list of opponents who could possibly be a pay-per-view and a list of opponents who are not? Is that zone saying listen we need a pay-per-view fire or are they said no we can't make that decision you know it's up to you or how does that how did you arrive at that point
1: it was something we had to move very quickly on and obviously it's like a fluid discuss. you know the zone we have to think as well because they they've worked with us here to to get the fight on you know there could have been other fights that maybe would have been pay-per-view but i think the reality was the most likely outcome is where we've landed here so you know it's it's non-subscription people can get a refund as well on their tickets if they like but the key for us was making sure the show went ahead the undercard fighters get paid um and that was always the focus given that um helenius
0: lost in a round to deontay wilder last year feels like the pressure's on aj here to do a job on him
1: yeah no 100 percent. and look people are going to draw comparisons to that for sure people are also going to say well what are you doing fighting him he got knocked out but he got caught by deontay wilder he went in to have a fight with him he didn't hide away, shy away in that fight in the first round. And he got caught by a huge heavyweight puncher. You know, yeah, people are going to compare does AJ do it in a round, does he do it in three rounds? And that's a natural talking point, especially with that fight being lined up for the end of the year Was it
2: Joshua who picked Alainius or was he just like oh, well just let me know who it is
1: He's always been open to it. look as a team around him we have to make help make him make the right calls it's his decision at the end of the day but we go to him with a with a plan and say right here's our options here's how much money they want here's how the show looks here's what the broadcast will pay and sort of works from there and then you know we, we as a team come to an agreement, but it's his decision. He's the one getting in the ring.
0: Just one on Dylan White. Obviously, you know, we all saw his response in his statement that he put out. Um obviously not happy boy. Do you feel we better strap him for another sort of lengthy legal thing? Not us, but you in particular. Is this is this going to drag on again, do you think?
1: Look, we don't represent dylan White and as we did with the Connor Ben case, the, the fighters, you know, it's for the fighters and their legal team to take through that process. Um I think we have to let that process play out for before people can really talk too much about it and you know what we found with the Conor Ben there was a lot of people talking about the situation without the knowledge and I think we have to as I say let the process run out and once the findings are there and once a decision's made at that point people can talk in more detail with an understanding of it Lovely
2: stuff Frank thank you very much
0: mate Mate that's so good Frank we know how busy you are this week thanks so much for for your time um, and I'll
1: see you at the press so the, the show has been saved the show is going on and before you go can you give us a prediction I think you're going to see a big AJ stoppage but Helania, six foot nine, he's going in there. He's fit and ready. I think you're going to be in for a good fight, but I'm looking for a big finish from Major.
0: Well, Frank Smith there, George, in the car, doing deals, you know what he's like, never stops that. Bro. Mate, this is so far out of our comfort zone, is it? We like to get people, we book them months
2: in advance to sit sit down in the quiet room to talk to us.
0: Well, I mean, the good news is, George, though, we're back to regular programming tomorrow, sitting down, cup of tea, no more chasing Frank Smith around for this week anyway. But I think we got the low down there. The show is happening. We predicted on Sunday we might be back to, to talk about an actual fight, and we've got one. That's the most important thing. We've got a fight. It's off pay-per-view. They've done the deals, and we're here. There is obviously a plethora of Elite Club members
2: on the card, but one of them in particular is on our show tomorrow. It's none other
0: Woo-hoo! than Campbell Hatton. And, of course, you can see that these podcasts are coming thick and fast. We don't even know when we're doing them the time. If there's news to be podded about, we'll do that. And the only way, George... To keep on top of all that is what? To become an Elite Club member, please
2: hit the follow button in your podcast app. Download it, listen, do not miss one.
0: Hit us up on the socials at ggboxingclub.
2: Yeah, they're the socials. You can email us, which I suppose is sociable, but you could email us at Club at Network uk if you listen to us on spotify check out our playlist the ring walk it's on spotify and if anyone wants to listen to
0: us advert free deck any options amazon music every time for the ad free um and if you're listening on apple if you're an apple baby you can leave us a review. Back tomorrow with
2: Campbell Hatton, and Friday we've got a part one of a new Q and A episode, Deck. It's a
0: four pod yeah, week.
2: We should be breaking Jeepers. many records this week just because we're releasing yeah. so much stuff. So listen to them all. Do not miss any. And I will see you tomorrow, Deck. See you tomorrow, George. Ta.